For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely episode of Jaybird Watching. We are live on our Twitterverse, as usual, with the Jays Nation. And obviously, if you're listening to us here or there or wherever you get your podcasting pleasures for, we're thankful that you guys are tuning in and uh, join this conversation. We're happy to have everybody in here. Regular gang this week, Craig Borden hosting, Adam Corsair, and Brendan Panikar. Fellas, how are you doing this evening? I've been better. <laughs> You've been watching this game too much already. Yes. You're already stewing. I know we're going to get you a chance to let you vent. Don't worry. Just chill. I'm ready to pull out my hair, guys. Yes. And you have the shortest hair in this group. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, God. So, But Blue Jays fans, what we're going to talk about tonight, we're trying to talk about the recent uptick in the fact that we actually look like a competitive baseball team until they start playing Little League again this evening as we're getting ready to go on the air for this show. And the fact that we just went all in with a bunch of rentals and we're hoping to push this thing into the playoffs. But, fellas, first things first, let's talk the fact that this team is a complete bipolar opposite of what we were, uh, you know, dealing with for the first 15 games. I believe the exact record was we were somewhere in the ballpark of like 7-10 and 10 mm. for the first 15 games. And then it's been the complete opposite of that, where we've only really lost five games in the next 15, to the point where we're obviously now part of the playoff conversation. Season ends today. We would be, Before the game started tonight, we would have been a half a game above the Detroit Tigers to the last playoff spot and having a ticket to the dance. The problem would be is if that was the true statement, we'd be facing the Tampa Bay frickin' Rays, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brandon, I'll let you kick off. What has been the biggest catalyst to you for why this team all of a sudden looks like something that actually could be fun to go into the playoffs with? Uh, Salem Field. Uh, <laughs> <not even> <laughs> actually having a home is a giant step in progress for the fact that they were the homeless blue jays for what yeah three weeks well, yes like they looked exhausted towards the end of that what was it 15 game road trip or whatever it was to start the season they did look very tired and even after the Mar first marlin series they had to still go back up the road and come back it wasn't probably until that second time they came back to buffalo they finally got settled in but that ballpark is really a bad box but it is their home now and you can take some comfort in knowing that ballpark better than the other team yes first great amenities Everybody else got to go into that big tent we laughed at for when the Yankees are going to go in there. <laughs> so, no, I, Salem Field has been a blessing in disguise. They they played really well there. Rowdy loves it. Seahawks has been fantastic all year. But, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say Buffalo. It, it really has turned it around. 
Let's go Buffalo. And I know uh, this man, Adam Corsair, will obviously be all over that fact. The fact that we've been goofing around that they might be the first team to actually be a very big playoff contender for a town they normally don't even play in. And ironically, could be the first championship in a professional sport that the team could have. Because even though we know the Bills are going to be good this year, Sabres were atrocious and didn't even make it to the freaking dance. Show me what the heck has been the turnaround, Mr. Corsair, other than maybe Salem Field. Or go ahead and just keep riding the Salem Field bandwagon, however you want to do it, my friend. I do think Salem Field definitely has a lot to do with it. I think the establishment of having a place to play and uh, having a familiar, um, you know, just a familiar field that they can call their own. I think that's important. But I do think that the aspect of what we've been talking about when it comes to these uh, players growing up together, or for the most part, the core um, throughout the minor leagues, we're seeing that sort of positive attitude and that chemistry thrive. Um, even though Bo's not with the team, they're still winning games on a relatively regular basis, even though they lost two straight. Um, we wanted them to take three out of four against Baltimore. They did. Right. And, and it was no the first three. So that fourth game, I was, this is gravy. Even though I was a little upset about the loss, I wasn't pissed. Right. It, not like last night's game, but which we'll they get to. They did the job. <laughs> yes. It is exactly what we wanted them to do is take three out of four. They had to. Um, so, you know, recency bias aside, I think that the chemistry that they're exhibiting is important. And I think that's why they're thriving. They we touched on this last week. They legitimately believe in each other. They legitimately believe that they can contend. Uh, maybe not for a World Series. I think that might be pushing it just a little bit. But a postseason run, all you got to do is get in the dance. That's it. And I think they're confident enough that as, at least they get in the dance, they're going to be good. And guys, think about it. Think about what we have on this team right now. And I know we're going to get to trades in a minute. This is the first time uh, since, obviously, the 2015 and 16 playoff runs that I'm looking at what we have and I'm saying their pitching is good enough. Right. And in 2015 and 16, it was the opposite. Right. It was the pitching in the bullpen that I was worried about, minus David Price in 2015. Otherwise, and to a degree, Marco Estrada, but obviously the offense is what made those Blue, G Blue Jays teams thrive. This team right here, it's all about the pitching, and I'm confident. And that's something that we really haven't seen since the World Series run. So as long as that pitching holds up, I think we're going to have a nice little playoff run, assuming they get there. Yeah, that playoff run is starting to look more and more prevalent. But the fact that we not only had all those good things going on, like you had mentioned, but we're going to get to why we should even be more excited about it, even ever some, I'm not going to say headline additions, but fellas, this is definitely the kind of stuff you build around for building up team, um, you know, just depth. Yes. And I think that in the fact that we were starting to bleed kind of stuff, Severely on our pitching side with Shoemaker, Nate Pearson, and company just not being around. I know that Jordan Romano's injury apparently is pretty minor, but that's still obviously a sudden hole in what was one of the best, you know, or and still is, I guess, in all technicality, one of the best bullpens in baseball right now. I believe they had the top three or at least top five bullpen ERA in Major League Baseball. And that's saying something when we still have, uh, you know, one more font. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think a part of the, this is the offense actually has come around. The difference is in with the fact that we were barely scoring any runs with, and that definitely not scoring any runs with runners in scoring position during that first part. The fact that we have actually are averaging since the flip flop in the record, I think I saw that we were averaging around six and a half runs per game. That is a very big and very noticeable difference. And this is without arguably our best player in Bo Bichette. 
Adam, you want to pick up on the offensive tip? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I I don't have a problem necessarily with the the offensive production. I think it's it's fair, but the one thing I've noticed about this team is that if they're not hitting home runs, they're not scoring. Right, they're not scoring off of hitting uh, and and putting the ball in play. It's home run or bust. In fact, I think I heard a stat today that says sixty five percent of their runs are scored off home runs. So and, and until today, I believe this would be that if they go homeless today, we would be the fourth game in a row where we have not hit a home run. Because going into yesterday, they had three. Yeah, see that that's, I mean, it's it's a little concerning, but given the fact that you know this team has shown that they can hit the long ball, uh, I wouldn't say consistently, but reliably. Um, it's not something that I'm too worried about, but again, the the thing that I it does concern me heading into the playoffs, if we're sticking just with the offense, is hitting with it, runners in scoring position. And this has been something that's been plaguing the Blue Jays for years. How many times have we been talking about this for years? Homer bust, man. That's yeah. the team motto. So, um, <laughs> look, it's it's not too concerning because my expectations, and I don't want to you know shit on the parade here, but when it comes to the, to a playoff run, my expectations are relatively low, at least lower than they were in 2015 and 16. Um, so anything past round one would be absolute gravy for me. And if they yeah. can do that and and hit consistently and sort of fall into a groove, I think we're in for a treat. Well, the fact that we weren't even supposed to be having this playoff conversation exactly. to begin with at all this year, because everybody was expecting slow, continued growth from, you know, first off our core in Biggio, Bo, mm. and Vlad. And um, the, you know, the fact that we were carrying over veteran player or veteran pitchers and Chase Anderson, Matt Shoemaker, not knowing what you really were going to get out of that. And guys, on all that note, Chase Anderson's been pretty good in these last couple starts mm. now. He's finally starting to get some length into it. Brendan, I can see you're just oozing ready to go so what do you got for me on the offense thing here before we start diving into why this team should be getting more excited yeah I, I, honestly Adam <laughs> it up beautifully it is the home run i that's been noticeable the last few days it's noticeable monday when they didn't hit one i know they won on sunday uh but even last night like two unearned errors or two unearned runs was monday uh nothing else that's not going to win you very many ball games uh yet they still had a shot at the end uh but yeah last night was a little uh a little frustrating, to say the least, is that ground out by VR uh, at first and scored a run, and I can't remember how they got their second one. But, yeah, they got a hit home run. That's pretty clear. But um, Oscar Hernandez uh, honestly could garner an MVP voter, too. Maybe not first place or second place or third base, but, like, he'll, he'll get some votes because he's been the Blue Jays' best player. And I looked up today. He's been the 23rd most valuable player in baseball. Who the hell would have called that? Wow. That is shocking. <laughs> Top 25. Wow. You would never have told me before the season started and told me that twenty the top 25 baseball player would have been Teoscar Hernandez. We've seen oh, potential. Position <laughs> players. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. That, I get you on that. As far as hitters goes, that makes <laughs> sense. Because we know his we know his defense is carrying him into the rest of that conversation. Right. <laughs> So, but then you also you've had uh, the fact that Randall Gritchick actually looks like he might be worth something on that contract we paid him for. There's that too. So yeah, I it's been nice to that. see some things. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'll take the L. That's fine. I said maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so far I've been wrong, and you know what? I'm I'm glad I am because I'd rather be wrong and have them thrive. So I'll there take it. Yeah. So all those things included, fellas. This team is looking up even before the weird-ass trade deadline that we just all experienced. And the Blue Jays obviously had a certain mantra going into this, and it was more or less something for nothing when we can do it, right? We got Tywin Walker, 
for more or less what turned out to be a very low end, you know, international signee. I heard was the final Alberto Martin, Alberto Rodriguez, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and then, but I want to talk Ross Stripling first because he's the one guy as of the start of the show tonight that has not been seen by Blue Jays fans yet. So, Dodgers trade Ross Stripling, who is a I can't say fifth starter, but he's been dancing back and forth in his career between the bullpen and the starting rotation a lot. Kind of uh, like not the poor man's Mike Bullsinger to me, <laughs> if you want to put yeah. a comparison on it. Somebody that can actually pitch. <laughs> but we had to give up Brendan Panikar is one of his favorite Meyer League guys to get him in our 13th best prospect, according to MLB.com pipeline in Kendall Williams to be able to do that. Also friend of the show, Kendall Williams. Brendan, tell me about that trade and what you think. Yeah, I, it was a little more than I thought, but I think the beautiful thing is, even though they gave up a pretty talented arm and somebody we think is going to be very good, they're still loaded in the minor league system. Like, there's so many names we haven't even heard of today or this year, and I know that they may not be the flashiest, and I'm talking about a TJ Zoic or anybody of those other guys that were going to be down in AAA to start Not to mention a few guys that are hurt this year, like in uh, Eric Pardino that almost fell off the radar. (laughs) Things like that, too. So, anyway, continue. Eric Eric Pardino uh, and others. But, yeah, no, you have to give talent to get talent. And I know Ross Stripling has struggled, but the encouraging thing is uh, (laughs) I might be ahead of you guys. Nope. I got it. Yep. No, I see. I'm seeing yeah, it. Okay, good. It's hard to, it's <laughs> hard to see go. when I have no volume on the TV, Brendan. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I, if you keep on seeing me look over here, you know I'm looking at the game. <laughs> but anyways, to wrap up my point, because I've gone off for a little bit, but you got to give up talent to get talent. I know that Ross Stripling has struggled this year, but he has been pretty damn good in his past. For a guy who's on the lower end of the rotation spectrum, and from all accounts, scouts, Beat writers, all of them are saying that he looks very fixable. Whatever he's done with his mechanics has messed up his slider a little bit. He seems much more fixable than Robbie Ray. And I know we'll talk Robbie Ray in a little bit, so I won't even yeah. go into last night. So, um, Adam, what do you think about picking up a, a guy that's been to the World Series for three years in a row now in Ross Stripling? <laughs> um, I mean, when it was announced, I'll, I'll admit that I was a little underwhelmed. Um, only because there was a lot of hype coming in. And look, I'm guilty of of, fa- of falling for the hype because last week I was the one that even said they're going to be aggressive doesn't mean they're going to aggressively acquire people, right? So, um, I, I um, but that doesn't say that doesn't mean that what we got in return is bad. It's just I thought it was going to be more. I was thinking more. Uh, at worst, we would have gotten Lynn, but um. I'm glad we didn't. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of okay without that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we didn't, given the reports of what the, the Rangers wanted. But um, it's it's fine. It, it's depth to me. It's, it's nothing that's going to give them that stereotypical playoff push. But it does fill holes that we need. And I know, again, I just talked up the pitching staff. But, uh, again, that was assuming health. Um, if, if things don't work out with Pearson this year, we have someone that can – hopefully at least hold it down for five innings. Obviously, he's not going to match the stuff that Pearson has, but he can at least bolster the starting rotation and not have to rely on innings, especially in in a uh, three-game series in the playoffs, or at least that first round. 
Um, I could see him pitching game three in intervals with other pitchers, right? It's not going to be a long stretch. So in that regard, it's fine. It's strategic. That's how I want to base this on. It's strategic. It's not sexy, but it's at least strategic for them to boost what they have for the postseason. Either way, low low buy-in. And yes. you're still adding up is the same thing, right? Yeah. So either way, just to give you guys the ballpark, other than the fact that, obviously, both mentioned he's off to a rough start this season. 420 career innings, and he's got a 3.68 ERA and was an all-star in 2018. Mm-hmm. Keep that idea, because there's something about the year 2018, apparently, in the midst of this trade deadline, too. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm going to use that to segue and give myself some points on that. <laughs> to there you go. Adding Robbie Ray, also a all-star recently, a guy that looked like he was really seriously trending up. And guys, he's been even worse than uh, what we would think you could be. Walking as many batters, as many innings as he's pitched this year before yesterday. And we gave up Travis Bergen for him. I would say Bergen's ceiling was a mid-tier reliever, period. Mm, yeah. So, in all reality, this is literally the lowest of investments I think I could get. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not exactly upset about it. And Robbie Ray does have that ballpark where he could excel. And there is something about with the how this team has been able to rec- recruit talent and then tweak it to fix it. I'm perfectly okay with this move. And I'll let you go first this time, Mr. Corsair. What do you think about Robbie Ray, especially after seeing him yesterday evening? When the trade was announced, I was worried about the walk issues a lot. Um, but uh, I think, Brennan, you're the one that tweeted out that um, as long as uh, Pete Walker gets his hands on him, um, he should be okay, right? And and that's what I'm hoping is is the case here. I, I hope that I there's a sense of we understand what the woes were. We understand what the problem was with game. your control. What we're going to try to hone that in um, and, and quote unquote fix it yeah, or at least address uh, it or, or at least have, not have you do too much. And if that's the case, sure. Again, this is more of a depth thing. This isn't a sexy move. This is a depth thing. And given the fact that we didn't give up a whole lot for him, if it helps the big, uh, the big league club now, fine. Fine. And again, it's a rental, right? It is a rental piece, so it's not whatever. To me, my reaction is fine. <laughs> and to his credit, he played well yesterday. So. Is that going to be the, the, the title of the episode? And sure. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, Brendan, obviously there's still plenty of strikeouts in Robbie Ray. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I think plenty of strikeouts in Robbie Ray. I know he didn't have the greatest year last year. 4.34 year in. Okay. Uh, in More than a thorn in the Dodger side, Robbie Ray has become one of the outstanding power left-handers in the National League. This guy has really become a star um, yeah, in the no, National yeah, League, I, and a big reason why Arizona won 93 games this year and is in the playoffs. They feel like they have an advantage with him on the mound. him sound and ready to take the ball in Game 2, that also sets him up if they can get into a Game 5 situation, he would be that guy that would take the ball in work out at all so they feel very confident very comfortable in having him on the mound they knew coming into tonight that the Dodgers had the pitching advantage obviously with Kershaw going and with what they were able to do getting to Tyler Walker in that first inning podcast I was listening to or maybe it was just a radio clip I wouldn't be surprised if they do what they did yesterday moving 
board with Robbie Ray. It started mm. with Merriweather because Merriweather's looked good, and that's really good development for him. Face the top of the lineup, face the middle half of the lineup, the and, game, Dave Roberts and he's been really good at that. Robbie Ray comes in and starts with happen. the bottom half the most of the lineup, and then goes what was it like and gets to get in the back. It looks really good. These days look really good, yeah, yeah, but I think with him, Blue Jays fans should expect three outcomes only. Strikeout, home run, or We saw that already. So the one thing I thought that was kind of interesting, if you really dive into the stats for Robbie Ray, the fact that his whip in his years where he was good, even last year when he was quote-unquote not as good, is pretty much identical. So how much of this is hard luck baseball and those walks? literally biting him in the ass. But there is, like you said, a chance for an upside. In worst case scenario, he's paired with Merriweather, and you get something that you're just going to be able to have a couple guys that chew up all those innings that you would need a normal starter to pitch. The fact that this season is also so freaking bonkers with starting pitching to begin with, is there any, outside of you know the main greats in our sport that have really been six or seven inning guys even at that? It's in baseball in general. So Ryu being our exception, now we have Taiwan Walker, who has been doing very, exactly that, at least six strong innings in his starts for the most part this part of the season. But it's a solid move, one way or the other. And I don't think there's any way – it's something for nothing. It's like we were monitoring here for a minute ago. Unfortunately, we talk about Jonathan Villar and how we acquire him. And some would argue that, especially after tonight, and I'm just waiting to hear Adam Corsair go nuts. <laughs> we gave up Griffin Codine, who had a monster minor league season in the last couple years. And it's, I don't care how he got it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the kid play, and there is some true pop in that bat, whether it is syringe or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't care how he got it. I'm excited to actually have a Blue Jay that might actually do something like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole steroid era. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was more or less the main part of why we have Jonathan Villar, because you know that just as well as anybody else, Derek Jeter is really seriously trying to build up the Miami Marlins and somebody like Griffin Conine that might be two years down the line and can play solid outfield. And actually has some thunder at that bat. That's what they're looking for. So the Blue Jays, however, looking for somebody that can run the bases efficiently, unlike everybody else. <laughs> Didn't see that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we need somebody that can play shortstop, second base, at a at a way above a replacement level, hopefully, yeah. until we get Boba Shett back and healthy. I don't know how much we're seeing that, fellas. And um, I got, I'm just going to let Adam go nuts with a conspiracy theory that he's helping his old team. So have, to, have that at my front. <laughs> well, all right. I do want to preface this with saying that he was my favorite addition of the deadline. I was most excited about him. And if you look now at... you've bookended it. Yeah, I mean, like, well, hold on. When you look at Conine, I, I understand that there was a lot of pop potential there. But if you if you see how he, at least last year, was performing going through systems, his strikeout numbers were, were climbing a ton. Um, I, I don't know that you can sort of remedy the eye and the patience at the plate. Maybe you can, and maybe the Miami Marlins will. But um, we know that the front office is all about character. We know that... You know, if there's a blip or an ethical mishap, they're going to get rid of you. Pilar, Osuna, look, look at, you know, these players are just no no second chances, you're out. And maybe they thought that would go uh, blip. Maybe that they didn't perceive a future for him on the organization. I'm just grasping, grasping at straws here. That being said. Um, 
Jonathan Villar, who they thought was going to be good, which we still could, but he still could be good. But <laughs> it's suspect uh, again. It, it was exciting that he's playing his old team because he didn't have to do any traveling. He could have just traveled with his team. I think they were playing New York, um, and they could just travel together. And he just goes across the way to the other dugout. Problem is, and again, this is might just me me being a conspiracy theorist, as you said, Craig. But he's making bonehead plays that counter fundamentals in baseball and this is someone that is no newcomer to baseball i, I he played for baltimore a couple of years back right so was it baltimore? Looked really good as a baltimore Orioles. that's what i'm saying, saying yeah. right <laughs> this we didn't regard him as someone that couldn't play baseball in a smart way um so when i see him making these base running errors or these throwing errors or these poor decisions or hesitations I don't know if there's a little, hey, I'm going to help you guys out one last time before I go kind of thing. Because what's frustrating me is I'm going through these things with fine-tooth combs and looking at them with must-win games for the Blue Jays. The margin for error is very thin. And when I see shit like I'm thinking maybe it is just a coincidence, but it might not be because it seems you're doing things to help out your team. When maybe my he's not. Solar can make that throw in a second. There's something wrong. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe he's not. saying All right. wearing my brace. Shit That's what I'm saying. I, wa- <laughs> I want to say I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he is a professional athlete, but the body language says otherwise. I'm not an expert, not a psychologist. Just saying, it seems suspect. That's all I'm gonna say. Bernard does something indeed stink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you count yesterday since he's been here. Mistakes he's made yesterday. He blew the ball was a, a missed throw. I believe it even led to a Marlins run. It did actually. The error that he had yesterday led to a Marlins run, and now he's playing shortstop. That's the position he says he prefers to play and wants to play. It's shortstop. Uh, today, he, in the first inning, gets a base hit. For whatever reason, he just bolts for second base just because uh, the left fielder in, for Miami was looking like he was playing the ball lazily, which really wasn't the case on the replay. There's error number two. Error number three, where he bobbled the ball at second base and threw it wide of Espinal covering second. And then you saw there his base running mishap where he got picked off at third base. And the ball that dropped, well, he probably should have been the one to catch it. I know all three of them were kind of looking at each other, but he routed the Oscar and VR. Yes. Somebody take charge. That's five mistakes Jonathan VR has made already. And he was a four-win player last year with Baltimore. Four wins. That was the best season of his career. He was the only player in the majors last year to hit 20-plus on runs and steal 40-plus bases. He's a legit player. The one thing I will say is he's supposed to be an upgrade for the bench. Not as a full-time starter. So Bo needs to get back immediately. Yes. Uh, or very, very soon. There is so that no other way of saying Yeah. Yeah. But in I do like the addition. Though, yes. Do you yes. see him playing more third base once Bo does come back, though, would be the question. No. I don't know. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Either. The way that uh, Shaw's been not 100% healthy all the time, it kind of seems like. I wonder how much he'll end up being playing, you know, DH roulette is my question. And then do you, are you playing Bilar at third base? No. Personally, I think Santiago Espinal has a better arm yeah. and yes. play third base a lot better than Jonathan VR. He might not hit and steal bases the same as he does, but having somebody like Villar that can come in at any point and hopefully give you that last bit to actually, you know, be the clutch hit or the runner, whatever it might be, or just to get somebody out a few different positions. It's nice to have some flexibility, but I, I can't look by the fact that he's supposed to be the speedster. And I don't care if Corey Dickerson comes up lackadaisical or not. He was at first base. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't halfway yeah. around first base already. It, did, it didn't look like it, it looked odd. 
And I just can't imagine that anybody would have been like, oh, anyway, just go. Do what you want. Yes. Have fun. There's aggressive, <laughs> right. there's aggressive and there's stupid. And that was stupid. <laughs> it was stupid because uh, it, it's like the cutoff wasn't even deep. It was a very quick transition. And he was out by a mile. I, I don't want to hone on it too much, but it's, these things kind of irk me. Whatever. If, if the Blue Jays win this game, I don't care anymore. Um, but you know, <laughs> but <cares> I, all. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that Espinal, I just love what I see from this kid. Um, the, the inexperience might bite you, especially in a playoff run, but at the same time, the, the defense might be a little better with Espinal, but the hitting might be better. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, it depends on what you're playing for. <sighs> it's tough, but I think one way or the other, I will. At a minimum from Espinal, you'll get 110% all day, every day, Absolutely. whatever the yeah. hell he's going yeah. to do. And I think I, I mentioned this to you guys on last week's show. He strikes me as Man, Manuel Lee that can hit. And okay. I'm sorry to say it, but we needed Manuel Lee playing shortstop in 92 to win a World Series. Otherwise, yeah. it don't happen. Yeah. Yes, they turned around and got Tony Fernandez back halfway through the next season. But that was perfect for that time in that place and he ended up moving back into more of a traditional role that you would expect at that i see at least one of the better bench players in baseball out of santiago espinal being a you know the fact that he can play multiple positions and i do think there's some good pop in that bat i think there's more to come from that bat mm. and the blue jays in the playoffs have had good good luck with youngsters as far as Ed Sprague hitting a home run or any of the stuff that happened in 2015 with the amount of crazy <laughs> contributions we had yeah. and I just think Espinal spells it really well for me but uh, we're hoping that we'll get more out of Jonathan Villar because right now guys it's not looking good and it kind of almost looks like a why are we doing this situation and yeah small sample size either way like, it just looks like he doesn't give a shit and that's what's killing yeah. me <laughs> like the, Mar the Marlins were very clearly adding at the deadline you don't go out and get Starley Marte if you're not going to add so the fact that the Marlins were fine to trade Jonathan VR to us, another team that's contending, I know we're in different leagues, kind of speaks volume. And I'll read the quote that is in the meeting chat. Craig Nish, I think writes for The Athletic or some publication near Miami, said the Marlins felt VR still an extremely talented player, which he is, we all agree, but played reckless at times. And never fully what they're trying to do. In essence, not a fit in Miami from their perspective. The recklessness, we've seen that in full display way too quickly. Way too quickly. Yes, and you know to to speak on Bo, there there are rumors that he is going to come back sooner rather than later. And again, for a playoff run, dude, if you're the son of Dante Pichette, you're you're coming back sooner than later, right? <laughs> he just and, wants to be able to go like this in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> you're coming back sooner than later. And once you do get Bo Bichette back here, I don't care what you trade for, you're putting Bo in the lineup, and VR is, is coming off the bench. I don't care. Um, yeah, unless, of course, he's been in the bottom three of the lineup. All yeah, of a sudden. going to third, as you mentioned, Craig. But uh, Bo Bichette is the best player on this team. Make no doubt about it that we did not get VR to replace <laughs> Bo Bichette. That is not happening. And I do not see Bo Bichette playing maybe second base or third. No, Bo Bichette is shortstop full time when he comes back, period, end of the story. And the best lineup that this team can push out has Vigio playing at second base. Too. Yes, yes. So, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk on that in a minute. So, pause on the lineup talk. Sure. <laughs> I want to talk. 
Taiwan Walker's first start with the Toronto Blue Jays after the trade acquisition. As we mentioned earlier in the show, the player to be named later has already been named in Alberto Rodriguez, who is, I think, 20 years old at the time. Mm. He's an international signee for the Blue Jays. And honestly, guys, in the Gulf Coast League, he looked pretty good. But this is one of those guys that's so far down the line right now that the Blue Jays have nothing but crazy amounts of middle infield talent. So this is why. Give me the guy I need. Taiwan Walker. 100% 100% exactly what we needed. Brendan, kick me off on Taiwan Walker. Yeah, I mean, I watched his highlights because I didn't get to see it in real time on Saturday. Um, but no, I think out of all the additions that they did make outside of VR, I think Walker to the rotation uh, or whichever role Stripling or Robbie Ray is going to be in, Walker is the one that's going to be the most consistent, I'd say. And I know that they have Ross Stripling under control until 2023 or whenever it is, but if Walker finishes strong, sign me up for another two or three at the Taiwan Walker because that just pushes the depth further and further down. And who knows? Like, it, I, I want to bring up something about the playoffs is right now, Walker and Ryu are your game one and game two starters, Bingo. regardless of what Bingo. Nate Pearson and Shoemaker do. But game three and even game two, you can get creative because you have so many power arms in the bullpen like a Merriweather, an Anthony Kay, a Ryan Barucki, where you can do the opener thing and then bring in a Robbie Ray for game three or bring in a Ross Stripling. Blue Jays might be able to get very creative because they got a ton of talented arms. And adding Ray, Stripling, Tywin Walker, whichever roles they fall into, that just adds to the impressive collection that they already have. And I can't wait until Ken Giles and Jordan Romano are back so we can finally say fuck off Wilmer Fawn. Yep. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Yep. <laughs> so perfectly well said but adam you watched the game just like i did i know brendan was having a nice little holiday (laughs) but what was how does he pass the eye test to you because this guy to me looked like exactly what the blue jays had bargained for and almost kind of felt like the first game where david price pitched for the blue jays as far as what the team needed at the time i'm not saying he's david price get off me (laughs) but it's very encouraging for a guy that we were hoping was going to be a guy that ate up innings, one more guy, guys that are hurt. And that's exactly what he gave us in his first start and some. Yes. I was very impressed with the poise, the composure and the confidence that he was pitching with. He was magnificent. And again, it's, it's not that ACE level material, but for a trade chip that came in to fill in for the rotation and play as well as he did after, I think 10 off days of not pitching at all. 10, yeah. Yeah. He was, (laughs) he looked like he did not skip a beat. And what that tells me is that he's excited to play for a playoff contender. I know, obviously, the Mariners were in it, but that shows me that he was excited to play for this team and he's buying in, right? And that is what's important to me, that you're buying in. Um, This is the first uh, shutout start since Matt Shoemaker, I want to say, last year, um, to go six innings as well um, for Blue Jays. Uh, it's really nice to see. I know we've been talking about we would like to see our pitchers go a little bit longer than six innings, but when you start your first game for a team as a trade chip coming off 10 days of not pitching at all and go six strong, albeit against the Orioles, but going six strong innings, no runs earned, I love it. And I, Brendan, I think you're right. I think if we're looking into the playoffs, the first, the opening starter or the opening game starter would be Ryu, and he'd probably go the distance because you got to get that game one win. After that, Game two, I love the creativity aspect. It's very Brewers, and I really like it. But I want to just 
boot to the throat, man. Put put Walker in. Let him go another six hard. Hopefully he's honed in at that point against a yeah. Tampa Bay team, as it would be right now. Um, hopefully it's maybe the athletics because I think we'd have a better <laughs> shot. Um, but you you go for the throw, and if we can win the first two like that with strong pitching, because I don't think Nate Pearson's quite there, but with strong pitching. You get this is this might be arguably maybe not even arguably the best trade that they've made period. You can maybe say to Oscar, but like the immediate return, this is probably the best trade they've made. Very well said. So he did this good, guys, and you could tell there was something just tweaked enough that I think it was the ten days rest. He walked more batters than he's walked in any start this year, and we're still talking this high praise of him. Yeah. So there is something to said there. And I think what Brendan said on this two, three year contract idea, what is the worst case scenario guys? You have a guy like Ryu and Pearson that might eventually be the, you know, ascending star in this rotation, right? You got Ryu and Walker worst case scenario. That's, that's lights out for a couple of years. If you're going to have that kind of thing. And I think the thing that's going for Walker, the most out of all this stuff, he doesn't have to be the number one guy in Toronto. This is a guy that has been a, a toted player since he was a Yankee in the minor mm. league system. So the fact that all of a sudden, you know, even in the freaking Mar- Mariners uniform, he was expected to be probably the best starter out of that rotation. Yeah. So it's nice yeah. to know that he's got somebody like Ryu to actually lean on and have that quote unquote ace level. And he can just kind of sit back and do his thing. Kind of a la Roy Halladay, AG Burnett kind of like combination. You know, he doesn't have to be the guy. It's amazing one how much not having to do that actually can do for a player. And yeah. they can just go about their business and run with it. And that's exactly what we saw from him just showing up and going, hey, I'm here, and then running with it the other night. And we're looking very, very forward to his second start, which is going to be over the Friday? Or is it tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow, yeah. This is it tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Thursday we get more Taiwan Walker, and we'll have hopefully more good, wonderful things to say. Because I really think that being back on the pace and actually with a team that's being as competitive as the Blue Jays are – that control is going to hopefully come back and then this start will look that much better in the next couple just because of that. I just can't believe he had that lights out of stuff through that many more pitches because of the walks and still throws a shit six inning shutout. It's yeah. Kind of nuts. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, moving right along fellas. So we, let's talk some of the stuff that has happened over the week. Obviously we just talked Taiwan Walker, kind of like the highlight of the last week. What in these last few series has really stood out for you as we kind of dusted the Baltimore Orioles, as we talked about earlier? And let's talk this Marlins series that obviously has not gotten off to the start that we were hoping to against a team that is also in the same position as us, trying to figure out what the hell they can do to get into the playoffs. Adam, I'm going to let you kick this one off is where we are over the last week. So the Baltimore series is—I ex- I touched on this earlier—is exactly what you wanted to see. We we asked for three out of four. We got the first three out of four. Fourth game was gravy. Um, you want to see that kind of production. You want to see that kind of uh, chemistry riding through, and you want to see them take advantage of the games that are supposed to win. Win those games, right? And that's what made last night's game against Miami very frustrating. Is because. They should be winning these games. And for each game you lose, in my mind, it's that's one more you have to win against the Yankees. Right. And so yeah. you have to take advantage of these matchups now 
in order to really push yourself into a postseason conversation. Because look, we're talking about it as if it's a shoe in, right? And I'm guilty of it too. But let's not forget the Detroit Tigers are what a half game behind right now. Surprisingly well played too. (laughs) So like you, you maybe can count on them to sort of get cold, which is maybe likely given the Detroit Tigers, but you you got to take advantage of the bad matchups. And if you're not going to do that, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't see how the Jays are going to really rebound it from it, given the fact that towards the end of the month, they're playing tough competition. The only thing you can hope for is that if the Rays clinch it, they might rest people and the Blue Jays can take advantage of that. That's what I'm hoping for. But uh, heading into this series against Miami tonight, it, I, again, we're recording this. Uh, Wednesday evening. Tonight is a must-win game. They have to win this game right now. They have to take a split against Miami. How many against Boston are they playing? Is, is it four or five? Five. Five games. All right, so is it two doubleheaders or just one? Just one. Okay, it's, it's one. In- uh, Friday to Monday, I think. Okay. Yeah, you have to win three of those games. You, it's- Sorry, tomorrow. Tomorrow is Sunday. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you have to win three of those games. You have to. At least three of those um, I would obviously like more, but you got to take advantage of these bad matchups. And right now I'm looking at the score. Uh, the Tigers are up against the Brewers three zip. So having to win this game all of a sudden, which we are currently as of the recording of this show, we are yeah. up two nothing on a Lawrence Gurriel Jr. Two one. Two run blast. Oh, it's two, two one. one now. I, yeah. I look away for five friends <laughs> to take care of you jerks. And- <laughs> two one. Yeah. These are must win games. So if the, again, the Tigers game right now is only an inning two, I, I believe. So, Anything can happen, but you have to capitalize on these games. You have to win. Have to win. Uh, Brendan, we want to continue the mantra here as far as the urgency that we have been talking about for a few weeks now. Yeah, no, Adam, I, I never thought of it that way, but every loss against poor competition is just another you have to win against the Yankees. And look, I think we said last week or two weeks ago in those 10 against the Yankees, I know they're really, like, really banged up, but knowing that but them hitting a crap ton of home runs in Buffalo, which is likely going to happen, uh, those won't be easy. And if they continued their hot play into this Miami series, took two out of two, then looking at five games at Fenway, I know there's no fans, and it's still the Red Sox offense, which isn't bad. you got to capitalize on their pitching. But winning four to five at Fenway would be extremely hard to do. So a four and three road trip isn't the worst thing in the world, that, but five and two would have been perfect. And that would have been much easier to do had they won last night and hopefully they win tonight. Uh, but yeah, no, the Tigers, if they win tonight, that's seven in a row for them. The one saving grace is that the Twins are in a bit of a free fall. I know they'll probably get hot again, but we're only a game and a half back of them and a game back of Houston. So there's still a possibility that if those two teams continue to slide, you even up with them and, you know, I think the one thing is you look at the National League and the way the American League might shape up with eight teams making the playoffs and it being so bunched up together. How many, like, game 163 or game 61 or game 62 <laughs> are we going to get for playoff tiebreakers? There might be a few. Yeah. Or what we get from, uh, I was reading some of the stuff today, that those couple games that they actually didn't postpone, but they players went on strike for the day, basically, for the yeah. Black Lives Matter stuff like that. How much those teams that actually played. There was a couple teams that did play. Blue Jays being one of them against the Red Sox. The Red Sox. Those two teams have an extra game than 
90 percent of the league just because they played that one extra game uh, yes the blue jays did take the next day off but um yeah those are i believe there was two teams that are in the playoff race that didn't take that day and tigers are one of them tigers are the one of them so that's I, all I believe of a they right are. avoiding that 61 game season like you were just alluding to so yeah. there's some weird shit going on not to mention Oh, the Cardinals had so many COVID days, and they don't have to make up every ball game all of a sudden, <laughs> you know. Or they were more or less just making it sound like one point in Major League Baseball this year that oh, if they play 55 games, that's great out of the 60. Don't worry about it. So, what does it come down to in that situation? If you have a tiebreaker, they have not said anything on that yet. It's very weird. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, good point. I don't know. I, I just I want to say I it think- was an ESPN article I was reading that on earlier. Yeah, at this point, um, I mean, obviously those things matter, especially come, you know, towards the end of September. But my main concern is just taking advantage of these matchups, right? The Red Sox have more than thrown in the towel right now. They have more. Certain, yeah, and it's amazing I'm they surp- didn't trade more. I was that's what I was gonna shot. say. I thought that I thought JBJ was on the move for sure. I thought Vasquez. I told you I really yeah. wanted to get him. I thought he was gonna be coming yeah. our way, honestly, with yeah. some of those reports that were coming out. That's what I'm saying. So, um. And I, I think Tampa Bay was looking into Vasquez as well. Um, maybe it was a division thing. I don't know. But, you know, just take advantage of the bad matchups before you have to hit the hit the meat of September, right? Those games against Tampa Bay and Yankees, I'm not discounting them. I'm not because the Blue Jays, if they get hot and Bo Bichette comes back, anything can happen. And again, uh, Giles is starting to throw. Pearson is throwing. Anything can happen. But... As it stands right now, you have to win these games. You you can't make these fundamental errors, VR. You have to <laughs> you have to perform <laughs> well. Um, but otherwise, just keep the faith, man. It's it's exciting to be able to do this at least, right? Because it's been yeah. four years since we could. It's very exciting to at least have these conversations right now. Brendan, you got anything to add? Yeah, no, it is. You know, I remember, like, it, it has to take till game 161 to clinch in uh, in 2016 at Fenway Park. And then it has to take to the last game of the season to make sure that the wild card game was going to be in Toronto. So I think Blue Jays fans should prepare for that because, look, the Tigers aren't going away. Uh, for whatever reason, they're just red hot right now. And if they win and we lose, we're, we're tied uh, in the standings. Although I think we have that one extra. Well, I think, actually, no, no, we would be tied. Uh, if we if we lose and they win, so hopefully we win. We do control our own destiny. The Blue Jays control their own destiny. Take tonight, go into Fenway. You have all of your guys going that you're wanting to have go, except for maybe Ryu, uh, which is the only shitty part about that. But yes, Tywin Walker kicking off. Ross Stripling's going to make his debut on Friday in one of those doubleheaders, uh, and you'll see Robbie Ray again. Uh, and Chase Anderson has pitched very well recently. I will give him some credit. So other than Tanner Roark. Uh, who I know we've harped on a lot on this show. Uh, I, I'm starting to trust guys like Chase Anderson and, and the additions we've made. So three out of five for sure against the Red Sox. And then you're looking pretty uh, going into the first Yankees series. Yes. As you kind of alluded to there, we're going to talk injury report here in about two seconds. But it's going to be interesting to he- see where all the chips fall in here when we get these guys back. Does Tanner Roark have a job in this rotation going forward? It's a pretty crazy question, I think, when you were talking about how many innings he was supposed to eat this year and what we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so, because yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, that's where Ross Stripling now is going to just have a job. Mm. But I don't know. It's going to take 
what's going on in the next few days and weeks, I think, for him to figure out all those things. But like I said, I would be very, very shocked if Wilmer Font is still on this team in a couple of weeks. Because mm. I just figure, oh, there's an easy toss. Get Ken Giles back in here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah I, I hope so. I, guess, I don't understand, guys. I want to vent a little bit. Chase Anderson <laughs> is striking out the Orioles like crazy, and he's still in a relatively good pitch count. Uh, and I think he only had 82 after five. I get with him because it really seems like with Roark and Anderson in particular, you definitely don't want them going a third time through the lineup. It seems like that's an organizational thing. Maybe maybe we're a little hard on Charlie with the short lease. Maybe it's, it's, it's Ross and Mark being like, analytics <laughs> department, like you're not letting Roark or Anderson go beyond five. So if you're going to do that, why go to Wilmer Font? You have guys being arrested <laughs> in the bullpen. Go to a higher leverage guy. I know that you're probably saving Merriweather for this, and just another question. Where has Anthony Kay been the last few weeks? He's barely pitched. I know he pitched yeah. one inning, I think, on Sunday, but he's barely pitched. I don't know what's going on with Anthony Kay. And neither is Bobby, apparently, because I was messaging Which means him the to other me night. Nothing. He has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, are they, were they saving Kay just in case there was no other option to go as an opener or a starter? And now they'll hopefully use him, but he's barely pitched. I don't get it. Like, why not use Anthony Kay? In that scenario, instead of Wilmer Font, very confusing. Yeah. And very My upset. worry was on the whole Anthony K thing, and I think you guys might agree with this on me. They didn't know what the fallout was going to be or not from the trade deadline, so they were trying to keep him maybe ready to actually do a start. Yeah, that's that was the only real argument I can think of because, in all reality, guys, he's been one of our best pitchers this year. Yeah, and watching him sit is kind of odd, and we have seen the continuing trend of. Montoyo not going to the bullpen and leaving that one batter too long for catastrophe to strike continuing. So something about pulling that trigger on the right time isn't quite happening. And I think we need to figure out how he gets that. But thank you for the rant, Brendan. I'm glad yeah. you're joining the Adam Corsair. Uh, <laughs> let me get this off my chest ballpark here so we can keep the show interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so injuries, though. Ken Giles, fellas. I've seen some video of him online. They've been showing it during the games. Looks like he's bringing it. And I really don't think there's any other way of saying that. I would think that what we've been seeing, that he's going to start throwing uh, a little bit more regularly or a simulated game or something in the next week, but he might be a lot closer than people think. Yeah. So that would be a heck of an ad for a bullpen that right now is without Jordan Romano, who had been doing very, very well and really leaving a lot of the high-end uh, high leverage situations to Shun Yamaguchi, who has been doing a ton better. I will give him that. Yes. And Anthony Bass. But the two of them cannot do it by themselves. And like we were talking about here, this is one of those things I think if Ken Giles is going to get a very, very brief, if every, everything's good here in the next week, it would shock me if it continues further than that without some you know, unexpected thing here. I would expect to get him back in the bullpen quicker than possible just because of this whole fun that they're trying to compete and the shortened season stuff. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think that when you have an addition like that um, coming back, especially as we've been saying, making a postseason push, it's important. Um, especially someone that's playing for cash, like pay, playing for another contract. You want to go out on a high note. You don't want to be that injury riddled guy. You want to prove your worth. And what better way to do that for not even not only a postseason push to finish off the regular season, but also in the postseason. Right. So just go 12 for 12 down the line here and then charge it right into the playoffs. That's (laughs) it. You know, when you have that type of reinforcement and that 
sort of veteran in in a rotation that, as we've been saying, has been getting better. Really, they have, um, minus a few blips, but they're certainly better than they were in the beginning. Um, I love it. I, I, I hope it's sooner than later. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see Pearson a little bit sooner than Giles, which is weird because the injury happened later. But uh, <laughs> I just think they want to get Giles right. Um, unless they be, get into trouble in terms of fighting for a playoff position, they might push it. But assuming things sort of coast the way they are, which I'm hoping they do, uh, you might see, not see him until mid towards late September. So, speaking of injuries, you mentioned Nate Pearson. Brendan, do you want to run into the fact that it is odd that Nate Pearson appears to be trending quicker than Ken Giles here? Um, also, your two cents on Ken Giles coming back shortly and what that could mean to this team. Yeah, I'll be very curious with all the additions, how they use Nate Pearson, because I think they're going to want to be really, really cautious with them. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they use Nate Pearson similarly to how they're using Julian Merriweather right now. Just to limited innings, I don't want Nate Pearson getting injured, but you can still mm. use him in a very valuable way. Maybe his leash is a little longer, maybe four, maybe five innings, maybe five and dive, you're done after that. But um, just, just what we saw from Nate Pearson, who knows how much of that was injury-related, how knows uh, who knows how much of that was just being way too pumped up and excited or nervous. Um, the talent's there. He's going to be a legit front of the line guy, but based on what we saw, I mean, there's other guys ahead of him now uh, with Taiwan Walker, but I can see it being like Julian Merriweather, um, but they're going to have some very tough ros- roster decisions to make when those three guys get back because, like, other than Wilmer Font and probably Sean Reed Foley, um, who's the third guy? Who's really looking to <laughs> Yeah, and I'm guessing that when Bo's back, Joe Panic might be gone. Um, cause You're I talking expendable players, that would be, I think, at the moment. Yeah, it probably Especially. is, and I don't want Espinal gone. So, And, and they're going to have some very tough choices uh, with the roster when all these guys enter come back. Yeah, in the interest of not running too long, guys, the rest of the injury report is Shoemaker is going to start throwing, I guess, in the next couple weeks, other than the flat ground stuff that he's been doing. Bo Bichette has been running and looking a lot more like himself doing regular fielding drills and whatnot, still wearing a knee brace, which I'm thankful for. (laughs) Just why not rush it? And I just think the team's about to pick up. But I want to talk this uh, lineup thing that we were talking before we were talking. Bo Bichette comes back. Right now, the top of this lineup is looking pretty damn good. And me personally, I don't want to even mess with a Randall Gritchick thing. I know he's took a little step back. I'm leaving him in that two hole. And I'm definitely saying that Jonathan Villar does not spell third hitter in my lineup any day of the week. So why the hell is that happening now? There's my rant. (laughs) So I think that's where you end up in long term here, putting Bo Bichette, who in all reality is the, like we've been saying, the best all round player on this team right now. Adam, you want to kick this one off? Yeah, I think the so. Yes, you're right, but do I trust Montoyo not to tinker with this? No, I don't. And uh, it's look, I'll concede again. I don't want to rag on him too much. That he definitely knows way more about you know setting up a lineup than I do. But sometimes the one through four or one through five should just be obvious. Right. And I, I don't necessarily want to mess with anything. I like Kevin at the one. Um, 
What is the on-base streak at now going into tonight? Is it 20 games? Mm, I think so. I think so. I think last night he walked. Let me look. can't recall. But anyway, I just don't understand how you can even think about taking Kevin Bishop out of this spot at this point. And that's where I – the only other real place – I can think of putting Bo, Bo Bichette, unless you're pulling a Josh Donaldson 2015-16 move by putting him in the two-hole. But, like I said, just with Gritchick doing what he's been doing, Brendan, yeah. I can't see him only getting better with somebody like Bo Bichette that can just go blast right after him. They're not going to want to pitch the freaking Bichette with runners on base, so Gritchick's yeah. going to get fastballs. With the way he's been hitting, I'd go Kevin, Gritchick, Bo, Teoscar, Vladdy. That's how I would set up my one through five. Um, and I would just make that every game in September one bowl comes back because get them used to that. Get them used to that one through. You can tinker six through nine. Fine. I don't yeah. care. Whatever. That's Fine. the Cito Gaston principle. You show off this is your spot until proven different. Yes, that's it. There and just, just uh, make it so they don't even have to think about it. They don't have to wonder where they are in the lineup. Here's where you are. Done. Just go. Because you want to be comfortable heading into the postseason or at least pursuing a postseason. You want to have that sense of comfort knowing that, all right, I don't have to overthink anything. I don't have to question, hey, why am I down here in the lineup when yesterday I was up high? Why is Joe Panic DHing today? You know, I don't want to <laughs> care about any of that. Just make it simple. <laughs> one through five. I, I just think it's it's easy. It's one plus one. That's it. I just think I'm going to put one of those defined irony things in here right now. You're talking about not tinkering and having a place in your lineup, and you're talking about Kevin Biggio that hasn't had the like same position in the last three days. I know. <laughs> He's playing outfield tonight. Yeah. Brendan, come on. Kick me up here. Where are we going? Yeah. Yeah, no, I have the exact same top five. But you could probably pencil Lourdes Gurriel in the six, probably yeah. Travis Shaw, seven, uh, and then Danny Jansen, nine, and whoever's batting eight, whether that's VR, uh, whether that's Espinal, Panic. Uh, whoever it is, the collective, uh, Ralph Rowdy, the collective, yeah, the collective <laughs> can go into the eighth spot, but that's a pretty deep lineup. Like when you think of it, if you can pencil those guys in straight away, five and six with Lourdes Gurriel added in there, Shaw seven and Danny Jansen nine and whoever eighth, it's a good lineup. It really is. And it's one that I would be scared of going through a second or third time, especially it's that off half. And it is, it is. And it's exciting because if they can get going for a week or two, hopefully three or maybe all September, depending on when Bo gets back and get comfortable, start hitting again uh, and figure it out. They could be a force to be reckoned with when you have Ryu and Walker as your top two guys going in a series. Like, remember, round one's three games. You win the first game with Ryu, you have two chances of knocking Buddy out. And if those days of days are injured, I, I'm taking time on Walker right now. Like, I really Yes, am. yes. Mm-hmm. It's yes. going to be really hard for anybody to get around that, I think, period. Especially in that first three-game series, it's going to be – Balls to the walls when Jay's pitching, and we have a ton to throw at it right now, regardless of one of those guys does get off to, like we were talking about, the proverbial rough start. you got that push button where you can just go, okay, just start throwing guys like Robbie Ray and <laughs> everybody at him. Yeah. You should be able to get out of that game. I don't see that being an issue. As far as depth goes, like you said, if we were playing the Rays right now, guys, this is a team that's got more or less their main starter, but then Charlie uh, Morton and... Um, it's basically Blake Snell now, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So first things first, fellas, I want to show some of these new logos that we've been getting in the logo sure. contest off. Um, oh. For anybody that has not 
heard this yet. We are having a new logo contest that we're hoping to debut when the Blue Jays make the playoffs. So, you know, hurry up and get that good luck flow, you know, going so we make sure we make it. And the idea is the winner will get a credit on all of our podcast media that we have out on our Twitter page and everything as a credit for the actual art of said logo. No copyright material, no nothing, please, because we've already had to have a couple people do some edits. <laughs> Thankfully, <Yes>. they were nice <laughs> enough to do it. So um, I have one that's pre-edited that I like that I'm going to show, but right. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So that being said, are you guys able to watch? Uh, are you watching on your phones? So I don't have to share the screen and the things up. Yeah. yeah hold on, on me, me, I'll get to it right now. Okay. Mr. Panikar, are you on it? I am watching the stream right uh, now. Because okay. here's number one coming along right over our faces because I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> There's just a slight delay, so you'll have to get Slight delay. Tell me yeah. when you see it. So this is entry number one. All right, I see it. Okay. Pretty simple, but I oh, like yeah. it. It's right yep. down to the point. You know, yep. Shows the wonderful, yeah. uh, exactly what we're doing. You know, it's Basically. baseball, it's Jaybird watching, it's Canada. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so number two. I got to click out here and go back up a little bit to our lovely entries from Kevin Sweeney here. And this is number two. Jaybird watching, literally watching the Jaybird. <laughs> right, hold on. Hang tight. Hang tight. Okay. Yep. Yep. So that's number two. Mm-hmm. And then the one that my friend did at work because he just knows me too well, apparently. We get an actual, you know, full on beer concoction going on here that's blue jay related <laughs> oh, so, a, again the delay no worries oh one. there we go there yes. we go yeah so yeah. then we got this fun loving thing that is kind of a little bit of everything that we talk about on this show just saying yes <laughs> yes especially when it, you know during the covid fun we were actually calling the show beer watching yes because we were drinking yeah. beer and just talking baseball and whatever the hell we really felt like doing and we thank the fans for actually joining in on that because that was some fun times absolutely um, including the random yeah, trivia night you guys we had the weird fantasy baseball draft in the 90s we had the trial <laughs> of mon manfred we <laughs> it, was, it was a good collective amount of random fun we had creativity here and so this is pretty you know good for these entries that we've gotten so far and i'm very mm-hmm. thankful that we have gotten these entries because it was one of those wonderful things that, you know, guys, as many people as we have want listening to this show, and we've had 469, you know, views tonight on the Twitter account so far. I was just wondering if it was going to fall on dead ears. But apparently some people have more time to do things like this than I just can't do art. So I'm kind of happy that they can do it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank so thanks, Jay's Nation. Yes. And uh, keep those entries coming. Like we are saying, you have until the last day of the season. Yes. So long as it's not playoff baseball yet. You can get it in. It will debut it with what our show basically will be our playoff preview, hopefully, boys. Be the good luck child. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, please, please. So now that we're up to 470 viewers, I guess you know one more person had to click and make me even numbers here. <laughs> uh, let's talk picks to click. And I'm sorry to say this, uh, Mr. Corsair, but I'm thinking Brendan Panikar won with Daiwan Walker. Yeah, pretty yeah. hands down, only Woo. with one start. In all technicality, he would have another one tomorrow. He just jumped the gun a little bit on just a five-day pause between episodes this week. But I'm going to say Roddy Telez and Laurie Scurriel Jr. did not do as well as we would hope for us. Nope. So we're going to chalk down a point here for Mr. Panikar. We didn't get a guest entry. So this week, guys, 
Jays Nation, it is on you. Start throwing some names at us. Who do you think is going to be the one? On, and just reply to the when we put the uh, podcast episode up for your pick to click, or I'll start another thread. That's probably easier for me to do that so we can get that going for next week because the guest spot is actually on our fun-loving little ca- calculation here. Nice. <laughs> so, and right now, the guest spot's only got the one win from Bobby K. Picking That's right. Of course. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm still at zero. So good job founding this thing and then screwing it all up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, Brendan, who are you thinking for the next week or until our next little uh, pod, pod recording here anyway? Come on, put, uh, I will go back. <laughs> <laughs> I will go back to the offensive side. Um, and you know what? Just because I would be going very bold with this, but because they need some production from the catcher spot, Please start hitting Danny Jansen. It's like gotten to the point where I'm getting a little frustrated with the lack of offensive production. So I'm hoping that my belief in him to get a point will translate to the baseball field. <laughs> I hope it does because I don't want it to be a hex. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope not. So I'm gonna go Every week it. I pick him as a hex, so I'm done with it. <laughs> Mr. Corsair, what are you thinking? And tell me it's Jonathan Villar. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, did you see... Uh, was it Kirk taking BP today? Ah, uh, King Kirk. He was, in the, he was in the seats last week. Or last oh. night, I mean. I tweeted it out and made sure everybody knew it, so I had the little uh, him swinging the pat from the uh, Lansing Lugnuts gift. <laughs> he took BP. All right? Oh, hell, and King Kirk. I, I, I'm just, I'm hesitating to say it, but I wouldn't hate it. I'm just <laughs> You just want to make sure that Brendan is not comfortable with that Danny Jansen. Pick. No, no, it's just, uh, I'm not comfortable with the catching right now. I just, I wouldn't hate it. Right now, throw the wild card. Why not? You have been getting eh, defense out of that position, and you could get some upside. I will tell you right now, defensively, Kirk is going to be a step back from yeah. Jansen and Reese McGuire. But can it really, when we've only thrown out like two base runners all goddamn season so far, can yeah. it get much worse? As long as he can call a game, which I know he can do as I've watched him play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Including in my you know, announcing debut in Buffalo or Bluefield Blue, Blue Jays uh, ballpark, he was the he was catching that night for Eric Pardino when I was there. There you go. So, all hail. And every everybody in that ballpark was smart enough to see Alejandro Kirk back then and pause and watch him hit. Yeah. So, yeah. just saying. The kid's got a bat. That's what I'm saying. Um, so, I'm, I'm assuming because he's not on the roster. Officially. Yeah, he's not my pick. You're not I'm picking. just saying. <laughs> that, was just, that was just piggybacking Wait off the it. catcher's report. Um, you know what, Craig? I, I said no. I'll pick VR. Whatever. Nah. I'll do it. I'll do it. Just, like you're just, just trying to make the Blue Jays fans actually hope after your previous rant that he actually does have some light at the end of the tunnel after two games. Maybe it's reverse <laughs> psychology. Maybe. Yeah. You know? Hey, is this like one of those spiteful moves? That's right. You're trying to just make sure you, you know, you slam him and then hope he pit, he's pissed off at you so he does better. Uh, look, I've been, yeah. There's that, and, or he'll just block me. And believe me, I've been blocked by worse. <laughs> going on, Mike. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we got blocked by Marcus Stroman during the, the trade season. Oh yeah, we did too. Just saying. Bro, I got As blocked by Wilner. Wilner blocked me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I probably said something that he disagreed with, and or sorry, I probably said Check something Rogers Don. disagrees with, and uh, he she blocked him. Oh God, that's too funny. So I see you, Mike. I have another account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right now he's sifting through everything. I see. He's gonna you. block everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 
going to think Grichik's going to come back. All right. I th- I'm going to go with Randall. So that's my pick. Solid. So, fellas, that is the the evening. Unless either of you have something you would like to chime in here before the end of the show. And I keep saying we have more and more vis- listeners, but now we're up to 485. So even people poke, poking in here at the last minute of the show to uh, see our cheeky shenanigans. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, keep watching this team. It's very exciting. It's awesome that we're in a playoff race. And uh, Raptors need to get back on. Come on. Let, let's turn this ship around, <laughs> yeah. Raptors. Otherwise, uh, I'm just excited for postseason baseball to come. Let's get it. Let's get it. Brennan? Yeah, uh, Raptors are, I'm sure you saw this, Adam, it might even be news recently on that, but the Raptors are 0-10 in their last second round, 10 second round games without Kawhi Leonard. Yep. So, Kawhi, I was missing you a lot yesterday. I know oh, I yeah. was only having the Raptor game on my little computer without the audio. I had the Jays game on the big TV with the audio, but I was paying attention, and I saw that, like, when's he going to come and save us? Because we need Kawhi right now. Yep. But, uh, no, I, I, that's all I'll say, too. I hope the Raptors do come back and at least can take tomorrow. And you know what? Do what they did to the Bucks last year. Go the reverse. Let's get it. Let's get it. I think that uh, was the best way of saying it, boys. So uh, if you want to wrap this up with our normal chant, I think that's the uh, best way to do it. Let's go, Blue Jays. Let's, let's go, Blue Jays. Let's go, Blue Jays. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.